Hello, my praying people. You are listening to the Prayer Clinic Podcast, and I'm Leanne McCoy, your host. On this podcast, we're going to unpack the mystery of prayer. Along the way, your faith will be strengthened and your relationship with Christ will be taken to new levels. Prayer is the most powerful tool we have as believers, but far too few of us know where to even begin in exercising and using this powerful tool. Let's take this journey together and experience what happens when we pray. Hello and welcome to the Prayer Clinic Podcast. I'm Leanne and I'm glad that you're listening. Know that if you are popping in today for the first time, we are in the third episode of a series that I'm doing this summer called Five Smooth Stones. These five smooth stones are um, the idea of them. How do I say? (laughs) We're taken from the story of David and Goliath. And when David took Goliath down, don't forget that there was a whole army of Israelites that had been just sitting around campfires being terrified of the heckling of this Philistine giant. And it was David that had the confidence, not in himself, but in God, to be able to take this giant down. In fact, the Stone of Confidence is one of the ones we're going to be talking about in the series, but I believe that our stone today, if I'm not mistaken, you'll have to forgive me, I'm away from my book right now, but I think it might be the Stone of Perseverance, the Stone of just not giving up, no matter what. We don't give in, we don't give out, we don't give up, because we know that we're fighting on the winning side. You're going to so enjoy the conversation as we have it together with Jackie Garner of the Pastor Wife Life podcast and Diane Nix, my friend who leads a ministry called Contagious Joy for Him. I want to take just a minute and tell you how amazing these two women are, Diane and Jackie. Diane has been in ministry for many, many years, and she has such a heart for pastor's wives. So if you listen to my podcast and you're a pastor's wife, I really would love for you to check out Diane's ministry, Contagious Joy for Him, and um, especially take note that she has these retreats that she takes pastor's wives on where she literally just pours blessing into their lives. And it's a time for the pastor's wives to come away from all of the hubbub of ministry and meet uh, together with other pastor's wives and just have a time of healing and wholeness and maybe some extended time with the Lord. Diane actually hosts a few of her retreats at my laughing place in the North Carolina mountains where I happen to be right now. And, um, Anyway, it's just a, a a great blessing. I love Diane. I love her heart for pastor's wives and the work that she does. And then Jackie, oh my goodness, Jackie is like um, a breath of fresh air. She is a bundle of overflowing joy. And if you're not familiar with her podcast, The Pastor Wife Life, it also is for pastor's wives. Um, but you know, nobody's going to know if you listen to it and you're not a pastor's wife. <laughs> but but she deals with things that pastor's wives are dealing with. And she interviews a lot of really cool pastor's wives on her podcast and um, just has a great network with these wives, especially on her Facebook group. So check out that for sure. Um, it's just a neat, neat um opportunity for pastor's wives not to feel so isolated and alone. And um, so anyway, I am partner with these two women that have ministries to pastor's wives. For all of you guys that are part of my ministry and our community of the prayer clinics, you know that my passion runs deep for prayer. And um, that, though, I also am a pastor's wife. And so anyway, it's been a fun adventure this summer to partner with Jackie and Diane and present to you this series of podcasts on the Five Smooth Stones. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Back with this week, we are talking about the second stone. If you have missed any part of this summer series on spiritual warfare, I would really encourage you to go back 
and listen to the first two episodes where we introduce what spiritual warfare is. We talk a lot about that. It's so, so good. Last week, we talked about the first stone, which was contentment. And that was an amazing teaching. So I know today is going to be so good. You're going to get so much out of it with the second stone of confidence. Confidence. I love this topic um, and I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. Okay. So I'll begin. Who's going first? Leanne? Yeah, I'm going to (laughs) start. And I just want to go ahead and confess as well that this is probably a big one for me. Like this, the stone of confidence. If there was anything that as a child, I came to know the Lord at 11 years old. But if the first major difference was the Lord beginning to re-script what was going on inside of me so that I would um, begin to understand how to develop this um, Christ-centered confidence, because it wasn't so much a growing of confidence in myself, which we'll unpack this a whole lot more, in that the world and even um, Diane was just reminding us as we were uh, talking a little prior to recording that even in Christian world, we're taught, you know, to bolster our confidence, you know, and we can do it and that kind of thing. But it's, it's not so much a confidence in ourselves as it is in who we are in Christ and who, and a confidence in who Christ is in us. So just to remind us and to give us a stepping on place, um, remember that our five smooth stones are coming from the story of David and Goliath in, um, Second Samuel, first Samuel chapter 17. And um, the stone of confidence, we uh, remember he went to the riverbed, he picked up five smooth stones. When don't, and we're just identifying these amazing things God gives us in our arsenal to use using that scenario of the five smooth stones. So prior to facing Goliath, already David's confidence had been challenged because his brother had heckled him in front of everybody else. Where where are you, David? Why aren't you out watching your sheep? You're just a little shepherd boy. And um, right there in front of everybody. And then Saul had challenged his confidence by saying, don't you need to use my armor? You better put my armor on to go face the giant. And so twice he'd already he overcome this slam at his confidence, but then he's facing Goliath. He's standing right there on the battle line. And I'm going to read what the scripture actually says in verses 43 through 46. Goliath said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the fields. I mean, there is some smack talking going down <laughs> David said, to the Philistine. And this is where we get to see him using this stone of confidence. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. He's seeing Goliath as he is. He sees all that. And we know from earlier in the chapter that the Israelite soldiers have been seeing all that too, because they talked about how big everything was and how heavy it was and all of this. So David sees it. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you. Now this is where his confidence is in the name of the Lord almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. (laughs) So his confidence is not in who he is, it's who God is and what Goliath has done against God. And then he says, this day, the Lord will hand you over to me. I'll strike you down and cut off your head. He's got his own little smack talk going on. But the truth is, his confidence is not in himself. He's not even thinking about himself. He's saying, you have defied the Lord God Almighty and not just my God. You've defied the Lord God Almighty, the God that's Mm -hmm. bigger, way bigger than your God. And so the confidence that he has here is in who God is. And there's some great, I just want to share these two verses from Jeremiah that just reinforce this. Jeremiah, you know, the prophet that nobody really wanted to hear, but he had some powerful things to say. And one of them was, um, when somebody said it's anything too difficult for God, the answer is, ah, Lord God, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too difficult for you. That's where our confidence lies in the God of the impossible. Nothing's too difficult for him. And then again, in Jeremiah 17, seven, blessed is the man or woman 
who trust in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. So really our stepping on place today and talking about this stone of confidence is not having confidence in ourselves, but having confidence in who God is and what it looks like for us to hurl ourselves over into that place. And the stone of confidence really strips away at one huge stronghold in our life. And Diane, unpack that stronghold for us. Well, I think it's a huge stronghold. And when we were just discussing all of this in the very beginning, um, uh, right before we press record (laughs) and uh, had that voice come on on and tell us this is now being recorded. (laughs) Serious. Very serious. Okay. Well, we get it because we want the world to hear what we're about to see in this is that not because it's the three of us saying this, but how how secretly the enemy uh, will divert our attention uh, since the beginning of the garden from the one who gave us the garden, from the one who provided everything for us, from the one who empowers us to do all things to the very thing we're talking about is that confidence. And we lose, um, actually what happens is uh, we lose our confidence when we get focused on ourselves. And so when we get start focusing on ourselves, that becomes pride. Yes. And any form of pride. Now, when we immediately say that, because I can tell you that when we started having this discussion a few minutes ago, I want to go, well, the lack of confidence could be shame or the lack of confidence could be Mm -hmm. insecurity or the lack of confidence can be loneliness or self-pity or any form of woundedness. And so I think that we immediately don't want to call that pride. and we can say that we're walking in humility but we can be walking in a false humility where how can I be prideful when I don't have the confidence in and of myself to go forward in life and you know shame will do that loneliness Mm -hmm. will do that inadequacy will do that self-sufficiency will do that Um, insecurity or inferiority and self-pity think think with me guys all uh, uh, where our focus is when we, when I just mentioned every one of those things that we can deal with, where does your focus go? Well, of course you're not. Yeah. It goes on yourself. So we're never going to move forward uh, from life's uh, and have confidence in the Lord. First of all, I think that we need to realize, um, that we can't do anything in our own flesh. I mean, oftentimes I will say, God, if you don't do this, I can't do this. Yeah. But for years, guys, I walked in secret shame. And this is how the enemy used that secret shame. You don't belong to the table. The only reason you're here is because Leanne invited you here. You don't belong here. The only reason you're here is because somebody else invited the only reason it was by way of someone else, which took my focus off of the Lord has opened this door to like someone else. I put someone else on the throne. Leanne could be on the throne on the altar. Um, Anybody, but the Lord and definitely myself was on the, on the altar, like, because you become self-protective. Do y'all agree with that? What do you think, Jackie? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think because we're speaking mostly to pastors' wives and ministry wives. Yeah. And yeah. as you were speaking that um, at the church we were at before, I was, I became the director of these uh, weekend retreats for women that we did. I got to do that four times a year. But I said, oh, it's probably because nobody else wanted to do it. And so they were desperate. And I was the only, I, I don't have a job. So they just gave it to me and... I went through that whole scenario and I lacked such confidence in, in that role. And, and now I can look back now, of course, and see where God was. Le- I mean, first of all, I got more out of that. I learned more from being in that role than probably anybody else, but boy, I really wasted a lot of time with my lack of confidence and just, so I don't know if it was a false humility, a, I don't know what it was, but it was definitely a yeah. lack of confidence, believing that. I was, I just happened to be like, I just, some person stuck me there, but I didn't really deserve to be there. Yeah. 
And I think it's but interesting for us and for us to remember, and I'm sorry, I jumped on you no, again. Fine, fine. <clears throat> but what I think we can do in that situation is that even if we misstep and we take on something that we really weren't supposed to do, or maybe it is because nobody else would do it uh, and we're given the job to do it, but we get in it and there's an anointing on us to do it, or we know we can do it. If we will step in to that and say, Lord, if you will help me do this, I'll give you the honor and praise and the confidence. Do you think David was sitting out in the wilderness going, I think I'm going to go in today and take Goliath's head off? I mean, I don't think he thought about that. Right. I really don't. No. And I actually don't man. think David was thinking a lot about David. I think he just was like appalled at the desecration of the name of the Lord. You know, he was right. like vigilant to proclaim God's name, which really is in essence how we're winning spiritual battles. It's either we're we're profaning, meaning that we're sh we're shining the light on who God is not, or we're proclaiming, we're shining the light on who God is. And I think he was taken aback by by what was happening there that that was allowing Goliath to steal God's glory. And that's what happens to us when we are um when we're not walking in the power of our anointing, which is such a great way to say that, we are allowing our focus on ourselves and our inadequacies that God's already fully aware of. That's what I love. It's not like we're suddenly coming up to God and telling him something he doesn't already know. Like right. he didn't choose us because we're so good. He chose us because he wants a vessel to be good through. And so when we are not, that's just a place for God to be more. And as I was thinking about that definition of pride, what was going through my mind was pride is not thinking too much of yourself pride is thinking of yourself too much yes so it's not thinking I'm better than I am it's just thinking about me too much and that's where we get all about you like yeah. life is yes. all about you it becomes Which more about where, me than anything where, else well so yeah. that could be like out of your woundedness out of your and I lived lots of years out of my woundedness thinking too much about myself yeah uh, it could be uh, any of us like thinking about too much of your week, maybe you don't have severe woundedness or brokenness, but you have uh, a severe lack of confidence in your ability. Like you don't have training in that. And I, I think that we forget where we're seat, what, where we're seated and with whom we're mm -hmm. seated. Yes. And we talked, we spoke about that. I think yes. the last time that we were together, but let me just repeat this out of Ephesians two, six and seven and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So God raised us up with Jesus Christ, his son, set us at the right hand of the throne. When we receive Jesus into our heart. So as we're speaking to leaders, I need to say this to you. If God has raised you up and you are a believer, if you have accepted Jesus Christ, and if you're living life in a way that you desire to bring honor and glory to the Lord, um, and the Lord is dealing with you and you're walking through a place of healing or you're walking through a place of confession, you're staying what I call confessed up, then the Lord has given you dominion wherever he has placed you because he's not, it's not dominion of your own making. It's a place. It is the place that he has called you. Then you can serve in confidence there in him to work through you to do what he has called you to do there because you're positionally seated to the right hand of your savior and your brother, Jesus Christ. And we've been adopted into that family. So you have the power, but the problem is when we lack confidence, we stop looking to whom our redemption lies and who our salvation comes from, where our confidence, and we try to think we got to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and power through this. Yes, we can't yes. power through that. Now, even if we can do power through, have y'all, both of y'all can probably relate to this. Have you done something uh, before and there was an anointing on it? There was an, a, a confidence in it and you had bold confidence in that place and you served and things like things happened that you were like, wow, I didn't, 
Right. That wasn't me. And then gone back to maybe not the same place, but do the same thing. And you got a little so happy with yourself. You could do it on your own. <laughs> and you start doing it again. And suddenly, or maybe maybe somebody challenged you in your in your ministry situation. And instead of saying, listen, I don't know what's going on here, but Lord, if you want me to do this, you yes. will do this through me. Right. But we don't do that. And so then we walk in that place and there's not the anointing on it. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't come out the same way. We come away going, <laughs> we dragging our tail. And the truth is, well, maybe I didn't have my, pl- my focus on the right place. I wouldn't mm-hmm. sit in, in him or maybe it wasn't about me at all. Maybe it was about the person that, or the people I'm serving and they weren't in the right place. And I don't need to worry about the results. I need to be doing everything confidently before the Lord and just trusting him for the results. Doing yeah. the best place I can. That's right. It's good. As unto the Lord. Good. So good. So Satan loves to use um, intimidation also mm-hmm. against us like that. Um, that's such a great thing to think about, Diane, is whether we're and when we come to the Lord before we step into a place that we're serving and we acknowledge I'm nothing, you are everything. And there's such a huge thing to that. One is I'm nothing like really embracing that. And so even my very best, Lord, I will. I wouldn't have it if it weren't for you. Um, What it is, it will be nothing apart from you. If your Holy Spirit doesn't work in it, what good will it be anyway? Even if it looks good to the world, what, what does it matter? And so that whole, I'm nothing, but then you are everything and you have allowed me to be seated in that place. And it is my sincere desire for those around me, whomever, whatever, in this situation, for them to experience the everything of you. And that's, that's so, um, you know, we embraced both things, that I am nothing and that you are everything. But as you were talking, I was thinking about how often I like just everything. And I think especially for us women, that this this intimidation that comes about, that, because the enemy knows how fragile we are and how we, I feel like more often than not, we're not walking around so full of ourselves as we are walking around so aware of our weakness and of our um, mistakes and of our, you know, all of those things. And how often will it take just one person to mention something and you are fully aware now isn't this hilarious here i see it do y'all hear the lawnmower there yeah. you go i'm not going to say the devil's on the lawnmower because it's not it's a wonderful person mowing the lawn but <laughs> it came right as i'm trying to talk i'm like oh my goodness anyway um back to the intimidation so i got a story can i share this one little story if my lawnmower yep. will go away Absolutely. enough for y'all to hear it Okay. No, I think we're fine. Go ahead. Okay, good, good, good. Um, We went to, we we grew up going to the lake with our children. And my son was really young, like probably six years old or so. And we had gone to the lake, stayed late. And it's a fisherman's lake. They didn't really enjoy us skiers on their lake because fishermen (laughs) like to fish without the the boat bouncing about. But we skiers like to ski and we like to find calm water, which happens to be the same water where the fishermen fish. And um, anyway, at the end of this one day, the fishermen had caught some gigantic, I'm talking monster catfish. These catfish looked like sharks. They were huge. And I'd never seen anything like it, as big as my leg. And that's big. And we had oohed and awed over their catfish, shown it to our children. We were like, oh my goodness, can y'all believe these catfish? They found all that. And the kids were like, yeah, it's amazing. Well, a couple of weeks later, when we're headed back to the lake, my son gets up that morning. He knows we're going to the lake. And he's like, I'm not going to get in the water today. And I was like, okay. It was kind of unusual for him not to get in the water, but I was like, okay. And I thought, well, maybe he had just taken a really big fall the last time we had gone skiing. I didn't really know what his aversion to the water was, but it was very, very hot that day. And all morning long, his sister skied, his dad skied, I skied, everybody skied. 
worried that he was not getting in the water. And I was like, TJ, are you sure you don't want to get in the water? I mean, it is hot. Like we were just parking the boat and everybody's just playing in the water. He's like, nope, I'm fine. And then suddenly I remembered the catfish and I was like, oh my goodness, he's not getting in the water because he's afraid of the catfish. And so I I was like, TJ, is it the catfish? And he looked at me like I had just uncovered this deep, dark, you know, secret in his soul. And I said, TJ, you do not have to worry about catfish in this water because catfish are bottom dwellers. They stay on the bottom of the lake way, way, way far from you. They away from you. They don't ever come up. They are down there. And Tom <laughs> told him, he said, they are mud suckers. They will not not get you they just suck the mud that's all they do and as I was thinking and once he understood that and he trusted us enough to believe it he got back in the water he skied the rest of he had a great time in the water and I know that's like a simple illustration but I think it's the way that the enemy uses intimidation which is related to the stone of confidence against us he will just give us the hint of something that is going to wound us hurt us um uh, be a rejection toward us. And so we stay out of the water. We stay out of the work that God made for us to do. We shrink back from stepping into our anointing because what are we afraid of? We're afraid of the thoughts that the enemy is putting in our mind. We're afraid of the basically the catfish that are bottom dweller mud suckers who cannot even come close to us unless the Lord sees fit to allow it for something better than what the enemy knows. And so the beauty of that is for us to be like David, when I was actually telling my granddaughter yesterday, cause she's like, I'm always so bad. And I don't know if she's just saying that to get my sympathy or if she's really resting with this, which I think she may be wrestling. She's like, I'm so bad and I don't do what I know I should do. Of course, Paul said the same thing. And I said, and she's like, and I just have no confidence in myself. And I said, well, you know what? That's okay. Because you don't need to put your confidence in yourself anyway. Your confidence needs to be in God. I said, do you know who God says you are? And she's like, no, you know, and then you go into who God says you are. But then I said, you know what I want you to do? And I did it this morning. I said, every morning before you get out of bed, I want you to say what David said. And y'all, this is David, the guy with the stone of contentment. He said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know this full well. And I said, that's who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And the kicker is, do you know this full well? But if we will, before we ever get out of bed, all of us, everybody listening, if we would just say, Lord, I agree with who you say I am. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I know this full well. I am ready to get up and walk where you want me to walk. Say what you want me to say. Do what you have uniquely gifted me to do. And I'm not going to listen to the bottom dwelling mudsuckers that come <laughs> along just to strip me bare of all of that. And we will let you put the name or face on the mudsucker in your life. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so good. So good. So good there girl <laughs> that is so good and, and and I think it's so interesting Jackie what about you do you ever have a situation where you just think I don't think I can do this another day I don't think yes. I have the confidence so <laughs> no what, way. You a couple have times a month maybe every week I don't know I mean look at you I mean you're running this Facebook page that's got thousands of women on it yeah. and you're you're answering and wisdom I, I think that's the other thing that happens to us when we have a lack of confidence we think that unless we have this large platform unless we have a lot of people following us that what we do doesn't matter mm. but we never know the ripple effect that's we right. never, and most of us will not get the opportunity to know this side of heaven, uh, what our bold confidence will look like and what us just using that stone of confidence in the Lord who has called you, who has set you apart, who mm -hmm. says to us, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, yes. whatever. Now, I just will tell you that if you're living for the Lord, the enemy's going to come after you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And especially in the area of confidence, because he does not want you to move forward in faith. He yeah. does not want you to persevere, which is what we're going to talk about next week is 
he doesn't want you to stay with the stuff. He doesn't want you to put your confidence in the Lord. He doesn't want you to remember who you are. And there's several places that abuse the who am I that helps us understand who we are and out of Ephesians, you know, Mm -hmm. we're saints, every one of us uh, are saints and that we're God's workmanship. And he knows what we were created for, what were we created for? To give glory and good works to him. It's not for us to leave a legacy here. I get so, I get kind of tickled and sometimes frustrated at all of our Twitter feed. Like everybody's trying to quote the biggest, you know, have the biggest quote. And Mm -hmm. uh, even this morning when I was uh, looking on my feed, I thought I, I got kind of a rabbit trail of some people that were theologians that are just liberal they don't even believe in the word of god they're picking apart the bible and yet they're preaching or they're teaching or they're theologians that are espousing great things and they've got thousands of followers thousands of followers guys do you realize that some of the most people that had the greatest confidence number one is like david mm-hmm. their confidence wasn't in this world their confidence right. wasn't in someone that gave us a great quote to remember for the day, their confidence was in the God of the universe, who, That's right. who they just worshipped and in simplicity, just worshipped the Lord. Yeah. I, I, I wish we would. I, I, I wish all of us, but it's going to come against it. The enemy's going to come against us every day to to hopefully pick at our or not yeah. hopefully, but you can take it to the bank. He's going to come after you to pick at your confidence and yeah. to get your focus to be on yourself and really on things that I call gnats. They're just gnats. Right. They're like yeah. the, the mud suckers and yeah. they're not all out huge, big flying objects. They're just gnats that can bring you to a place of focusing on either your lack of ability or on a situation that you can't control anyway. That's right. That's right. What do you think, Jack? Well, Mm -hmm. one of the things I always say to the ladies that I talk to is you are not the exception. What God said, what he spoke over you is about you. You're not the exception. And and then I need to preach that to myself frequently as well. And I do. I actually tell myself, Jackie, this is what the word says. And you're not the exception. I mean, he's not saying, yeah, everybody, but you. Yes. Um, and again, it, it, I, I spent all of 2020 going through the Psalms. That was my Bible reading plan. And mm-hmm. man, that's when a good was, plan, girls. I, yeah. Plan. God knew what was coming in 2020 yeah. when he right. told me to read that. But I learned so much about David and how he processed things. And, and definitely one of those things was his confidence. You see the things he says, and there are moments when his confidence is very low and he always comes back to who God is at all. That's how he, that's how he leveled back. How did he start? You know, he started that the confidence, I mean, here we are right now. He's fighting Goliath. He always came back around to that, right? He did. Uh, One of the things I can recognize in myself, one of the languages that I will use is when I can read a Psalm that morning and then add my own, but, ah, but, ah, yeah. B-U-T, not B-U-T-T. B-U-T, yeah, right. 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 <laughs> and I know if you, you, you guys have probably talked to someone where you tell them, you start preaching at them and telling them, this is what the word says. And they, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. And then yeah. you're like, no. So what do we, we're like, how do we overcome that? How do we overcome the, but <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, th- there you go. There's a question for the hour. Right. <laughs> Well, I think that we have to then surround ourselves with friends like those of us on this podcast that we're having conversation because we are bolstered in the company of community. And so when we, we are not created to live confidently on our own, there will be seasons where we need to be on our own. I mean, David was out in the shepherd field, just communing with the Lord and our first communion uh, and our first uh, community needs to be with the Lord and our savior. And we need to, uh, yesterday uh, I text a friend and just said, I just really want to go into my closet and shut the door and not come out for a while. And you know what my friend said? Do it. Just don't <laughs> stay there forever. 
Yeah. Oh, that's good. You know, so that's good for us. So when you conquer the but, we need to say, okay, when we start having buts, when we're reading scripture, but that's God, you're not living where I'm living, but God, that person really did me wrong, but I, I don't really feel like I can do this. You and I need to, uh, and I did what she, what she gave me permission to do. She didn't have to give me that permission, but I went into my closet, sat down. And this is the other thing she, the advice she gave me first and foremost, when we're using a, but we need to be still stop reading, stop talking at the Lord, stop, stop just hearing ourselves talk and sit there and say, Lord, would you speak to me? Mm-hmm. Would you speak to me? Mm-hmm. And let me feel what I'm feeling and give me reason for why I'm feeling that. Would you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, speak about what I'm dealing with and just get still? I think that's where the Psalm speaks to be still and know that I am God. And that word picture is letting your arms hang limp down by your side in an all out hellish war in your armor and there it's bloody all around you and your face is turned upward to the father. And you say, I'm standing here until you give me my next marching orders. Mm-hmm. So that is opposite of what we as women do. Usually, right. what do we usually do when we have a lack of confidence, instead of sitting with the father, we get busier. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And we start mm-hmm. working harder to prove to everyone and ourselves that we've got this, we can do it. But the truth is we don't have this, only he has this. And if we surrender that control and that, but over to him, now father speak to me. And then after he speaks, then say, okay, well, I'm, that's wrong. I was a sinner in that, or, okay, that's not true. Get rid of all of the gnats, get rid of all the other voices and just set before, sit before, not set, sit before the father and realign ourselves with him. I think that's the first battle against the, but the second is we all need friends. And for those of us out there in leadership and ministry wives and ministry wives, you are a leader, whether or not you want to claim that or not. Or, I mean, you just are. So every, every one of us is leading someone, whether or not you're leading just your children, whether or not you're leading a group of women, whether or not you're a leader of leaders and you're leading leaders, it, we're just leading and we're leading the way to how we're supposed to live this Christian life. So we need accountability partners and friends of like-mindedness. Mm-hmm and a safe place. And right now the trend is everybody needs therapy. Everybody needs a counselor. And I'm not against any of that. I'm just saying, sometimes you just need a girlfriend. You just need to pick up the phone call and you need to say, (laughs) you just need to get it out and you need to process out loud. So that, that friend, you know, is going to point you back. Well, you need to put your confidence and your faith in confidence in the Lord. And he's going to, he's got this. He sees you. He knows. So those are my two things with the, but that's how you, I mean, number one, get in community with the father and get in community. Number two, with other like-minded women who can help just maybe listen to you. But as you process, I don't, one time somebody said to me, you know, I just know I need to listen to Diane and eventually she'll come around full circle to where she's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. right well that's what we pay a lot of money to counselors to do too and I love counseling I think it's a, a wonderful thing there's probably people listening to us to our counselors and what's beautiful about it is <clears throat> counselors know how to ask the right questions you know but and they're trained the, to do that yeah and one of the things is sometimes when I've actually um, been to a counselor I'm like well good grief all they did was just sit there and listen and that's what you're saying we could save ourselves a lot of money if we would just learn to listen to our <laughs> friends and be the one and have a friend that will listen to us because we can right. pretty much work things out ourselves that what immediately came to my mind when we argue with the scripture like that is um but God I think about how 
um, even in Ephesians, where it talks about how we were destined to be like totally annihilated, really, with no hope of any future and just mm -hmm. given over to sin, but God. And mm -hmm. so um, that's a good word right there. I think also of how John in John 17, when Jesus prayed for us, this is exactly what he prayed. He's like, Lord, the enemy is going to come after them. And I have given them your word. The word is truth. So what we do is um, I love the honesty of that when you're reading scripture and then you're like, but don't get up. You go ahead and wrestle that out with the Lord. That's that community with the Lord. Just say, this is how I'm feeling, but stay there until you decide like David did a lot in a lot of his Psalms. He's, he was very honest, but often he would stay there until he decided that he was going to go with what God said over what he felt he would be like well nevertheless i'm going to put my trust in you and so what i do is god is pretty much on major things god will give me his word he gives me his word on what he's going to do and we're going to talk next week about the stone of perseverance which is a, a big one but and what I keep using the word, but what I do when God has given me his word and I'm claiming it. And then those, the heckler comes in to heckle because I'm putting my confidence in God's word. And so what does Satan do? He goes, well, if God said that, why isn't he doing it? Well, did God really mean that when he said that? Maybe it's just figurative or you've taken it out of context or, you know, look what's happening over here. It's certainly not how God said it would be like, that's the reality of the battle. And how we win is by saying, nope, you know what? This is the stand firm. I'm going to stand right here on this word because I'm putting my confidence not in the circumstances, not in how I'm feeling, because part of my understanding is my feelings are not real. As real as they feel, they're not real. Mm. And instead, I'm going to put my confidence in what I know my God says is true, the Lord God Almighty, and I'm just going to anchor myself right here to this and then you know if we really get sassy we can begin to say so you just watch and you'll see you just watch and you'll see i'm gonna chop off your head and i'm gonna run after the whole army of demons and scatter you because i'm gonna take you down with this one word of the lord and i, I wish we could but that's where the community of believers also comes in i'm a lot sassier when i'm sitting here with the two of y'all than i am you know when i'm out there by myself so it's true god made us that way so stay argue your case before the lord he's good with that he's we got examples of that absolutely and then surround yourself i'm just, just putting an exclamation point on what diane said surround yourself with other people that will not only let you cry and be you know feel bad for the minute and not tell you you ought to feel different but then they will remind you that we're going to cling together to the word God's given us. And we're even if everything goes against it, we're going to stand right here, battered and torn, and we're going to believe. We're going to trust in God. And now it's on him. It's on him. And he will be faithful to his word. That's what he told us that he would be. It's who he is. How can he not be? Yeah. That's so good. Speaking of scriptures, what are some scriptures that you, that you personally have stood on against these strongholds mm, i just threw that i just threw that one at you you did you just threw that one right out there so mm -hmm. hebrews 14 16 says so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious god there we will receive this his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most that's good that's and then ephesians good. i mean as if you couldn't tell ephesians is one of my very favorite books but so good um ephesians 3 12 says because of christ and our faith in him we can now come boldly and confidently in god's presence I because nothing i do nothing 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 that i get to do in my world is because of my flesh and if it's in my flesh, it's not going to last very long. So second Corinthians is another one that comes to mind is since this new way gives us such confidence, we can be very bold. So our confidence is in this new way, which guys, what is the new way? The new way is the old way. That's an ancient way. <laughs> that's which good. Is, I, I, with this Jesus way. I go through my, my, now after spending 
2020 in the Psalms, what I, I color coded as I went through and I underlined in one in a specific color, everything about who God is. I am so I impressed with you. <laughs> that's that's color coding study. That's color coding and everything. You are an organized okay. woman. I want to know. No, I wouldn't say friend. that. It I looks like it though. <laughs> but I, I can go back and I can thumb through my, like we do a Thursday night prayer meeting and I will be, somebody will say something and I will be looking through those purple where it's underlined in purple about who God is. And, and I will just start there and start speaking those scriptures to remind me who God is. And I love that. And Psalm 18 is definitely one of my favorites because this description of the Lord in Psalm 18 is like a crazy superhero. It sounds like you're describing a superhero. But no, why don't you read some of it to us? Read it. I love read it. Some it's of so, it to us. so exciting. Um, um, it says the earth shook and quaked. The foundations of the mountain trembled. They shook because he, God, burned with anger against the enemies of David. Smoke rose from his nostrils and consuming fire came from his mouth. Coals were set ablaze by it. He bent the heavens and came down total darkness beneath his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew soaring on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his hiding place, dark storm clouds for uh, his canopy around him. From the radiance of his presence, his clouds swept onward with hail and blazing coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The Most High made his voice heard. He shot his arrows and scattered them. He hurled lightning bolts and routed them. The depths of the sea became visible. The foundations of the world were exposed at your rebuke, Lord, at the breath, blast of the breath of your nostrils. We do not serve a wimpy God. We do not serve a wimpy God. Praise and, the Lord. And that is the God who is for us. I love and it. I love that because as, as I'm sitting here listening to you read that, the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, because of his plan, when we ask Jesus Christ to come into our heart and our lives, he comes in and takes control and he abides in our spirit, man. And that very essence of who you just described him to be that power lives within me so why am i not accessing that power and why would i give why would we give belief to anyone or anything else now that doesn't mean we walk around all haughty and swaggering going look at me but we understand where our power and our confidence comes from because of what you just described he's a big god he's not silent on where we are he is absolutely wanting us just to let him empower us through our day-to-day lives so i think as we close out today we just need to think about where our confidence is and that our confidence against the enemy we need to hold as leanne writes in her book we need to hold the stone of confidence in the palm of our hand and take it. And guys, I just want to challenge you to put it to your chest and say, mm-hmm. with you, Father, all yeah. things are possible with yeah. you because of you. Do you have a prayer for us, Jackie, that they could pray? Did you have that? Absolutely. I do. Let's, let's just let, help our ladies and let's end with this, this prayer that we want them to to hold on to and hold fast to. All right, Lord, I confess that I've been hiding in my tent, afraid because the enemy seems so strong, but I choose to believe that you alone are God. Mm -hmm. I choose to believe there is nothing too difficult for you. No giant too big, no problem too large, no child too lost, no marriage too cold, no church too mean. (laughs) and anything else that comes to our minds Mm. right now that Mm. that that specific situation that we've been thinking of as this whole um episode has been going on because nothing is too difficult for you i choose to trust you i have made you my hope and my confidence and i trust you to supply all that i need in jesus name amen 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 you want to close this out jackie well, I'm excited. This has been phenomenal right here. I mean, last week was so good. This week's amazing. Every week's just going to get better and better. And I believe that, that this is equipping women to, to rise up 
and in who they are in Christ and, and make a huge impact in their families, in their churches, in their communities, in the whole world. Let's just Amen. go big, go big or go home. We have the superhero of superheroes. Amen. Us. So Amen. I'm I can't excited wait to be with you next week. You three. Yeah. I love it. It's going to be so hard. good next week. Stone of perseverance. Woohoo. All right. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the prayer clinic podcast today. I want to give you a quick update on what happens in our churches when we have prayer clinics. Our prayer clinic team at Thompson Station Church just continues to grow, as does our prayer clinic community as we welcome another church into the community this month. But I just wanted to share with you two amazing answered prayers that happened this week. We were praying, and uh, you'll find out in your prayer clinic teams that many times we're praying for health issues. and. There are people who are sick. There are people fighting um, huge things in their lives just all the time. And sometimes those things are really, um, well, always they pull at our hearts, but sometimes maybe more than others anyway. One of the situations that our prayer clinic team has been praying for is a little girl who was in desperate need for a liver transplant. And um, as the situation was growing more and more dire, uh, just a week or two ago, a liver came available and she was able to have her transplant surgery. It was um, very touch and go and very difficult, but today she is continuing to improve and just do well, has a brand new lease on life. And one of the fun things has been sharing the pictures on the updates of this little child with our prayer clinic team. And every one of our team members are just rejoicing over this situation. Um, and then another, uh, a friend of ours, actually, a, a young man that's on our staff, uh, ended up in the hospital over the weekend with a severe staph infection and just um, seemingly coming out of nowhere. And so, of course, our prayer clinic team began to bear down in prayer with many, many others who were praying. And the big concern was that in the surgery he was going to have to have for the staph infection, that um, he would possibly be left with a colostomy, even temporarily or maybe even permanently. Um, so we were praying specifically for that. And the great news is he is doing so much better. Surgeries are behind him and no colostomy bag. So we've just this week had an exciting time on our prayer team as we've been able to rejoice over these very specific answers to some very specific prayers. So um, anyway, just wanted to shout out praises to the Lord God Almighty for these great answered prayers and to share with you how much fun it is to celebrate this kind of thing in the body of Christ, um, especially when you have a team assembled who are your intercessors for the needs of your people. So anyway, you want to know more about how to get a prayer clinic started in your church, go to prayerclinic.com and you can find out more about that. We'll also be having another um, info uh, gathering. I'm not sure whether I'm going to do it with a webinar, a Zoom meeting, or maybe even Facebook Live this month, but that's going to be coming up in a few weeks. So I wanted to let you know about that. All right, y'all keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. God is good all the time and he hears and answers us when we pray.